Welcome to the Center in the City podcast. I'm your host, Wade Brill, and during this series, I'll be interviewing various thought leaders, wellness experts, and humans on how they practice sustainable self-care and mindfulness. We'll get real and raw, talk about the light and the shadow side of self-care and mindfulness, and how we can actually stay centered amid the chaos and the hustle and bustle of our modern day world. So settle in and get centered. This podcast episode is brought to you by Centered in the City, a virtual on-demand self-care and mindfulness platform with over a hundred different meditations, journaling prompts, nourishing recipes, and Pilates flows, all designed to support you feeling calm, focused, and energized as you live your life in this modern day world. For more information, head on over to centeredinthecity.org and claim your seven-day free trial. Notice how much better you will feel by having a consistent practice to support you staying centered. As a celebration for Mental Health Awareness Month in May, I am offering listeners 20% off of the year-long membership to Centered in the City with the coupon code CENTER, C-E-N-T-E-R, 20. You have to sign up this month in order to get 20% off of the annual membership as a way to support you prioritizing your mental, emotional, and physical well-being. So whether you want to gift this resource to yourself or a loved one, this is a great opportunity to celebrate and prioritize your well-being. So sign up at centeredinthecity.org slash sign up. Click year long and enter the coupon code CENTER20. Welcome back to the Center in the City podcast. On today's episode, I am excited to talk to my friend Kathy Onetto about sustainable ambition. Kathy is a strategy executive and life work coach who bridges her two worlds of strategic thinking and work-life integration into her work. She is the founder of Sustainable Ambition, the host of the Sustainable Ambition podcast, and the author of the Sustainable Ambition 12-month workbook and planner that helps you build your work-life resilience prescription. In this episode, we talk about pace, we talk about perfectionism, we talk about a lot of topics that support us building a career and a life that feels sustainably ambitious. So if you are somebody who is career-driven, who's life-driven, and wants to maintain sustainability to do it all, then this is the episode for you. So settle in and let's get centered. Kathy, welcome to the Center in the City podcast. Oh, I'm so thrilled to be here, Wade. Thanks for having me. You know, one of the questions I typically begin with in the podcast is, tell us about a time when you weren't centered. Oh my goodness. A time when I was not centered. Well, one of the times when it's kind of like a consistent theme actually weighed when I kind of lose my center. So I am somebody who is wired to one of my strengths is in responsibility. So I'm, I'm wired to kind of like to be able to 
not surprisingly to some degree, be in control and also to plan my day. And one of the things that came up recently or was a recent learning was around this idea of like, what happens when my day does not go as planned? So it's because I am somebody who is an achiever, likes to get things done. I, I typically plan my day to get those things done. Right. And I sometimes in today's busy world, right. I'm, I'm like many other people where I'm kind of very thoughtful about like, okay, I have this half hour window. I'm going to do that. I have this window. I'm going to do that. And I've planned it all out. And typically, you know, I've kind of been taught over the course of my career, like that, um, Hey, Kathy isn't always as adaptable and flexible. I, I can be adaptable and flexible, actually, just not on the day, <laughs> not the day of. So when I tend to get off center, when I'm not as centered, um, can often be day of when things start to shift on me or when demands start to be put on me when I already have a full plate. And why does it push me off center? Because it goes back to that achiever and really actually that responsible part of me where in my own mind, I've, I've made this commitment to deliver something. And all of a sudden when things go up in the air and I get the sense of, oh my goodness, I'm not going to be able to deliver on my responsibilities. It starts to become an integrity question for me, actually. Mm. And integrity is really important for me. So sometimes in those moments, I can actually get thrown off center. And, you know, there are times, there are some days where I'm a little more centered going into that day where, and I'm better rested say, and when those things start to get off kilter, I'm able to maintain being, keeping myself centered, mm -hmm. but then there are certainly plenty of other days where, you know, I'm operating a little bit on the edge. I might not have been getting enough sleep that week or what have you. And so when things start to go a little bit more awry, I, I don't stay as centered as I would like. So I'm being very transparent and honest here, starting no, out I, this podcast episode. I, I love it. And that's kind of the intention of going right to the jugular with this question, because I think so many of us can relate, especially a lot of people on my podcast, including myself, are high achievers and go-getters. And that crash that can happen when we go into a day where expectations just get thrown out the window right, of how the day was going to go or what we thought was going to happen or what we wanted to happen. And I appreciate your vulnerability and honesty and tying it back to your values of where there's a rub because of a value conflict that ends up happening. Talk to us about what sustainable ambition means. Hmm. Well, I talk about sustainable ambition as being about a strategic approach to life plus work integration. And it kind of pulls together my two interests in worlds. My past life is working in strategy and also my passion around work plus life coming together. And I talk about it as really being about crafting fulfilling work while also living a fulfilling life from decade to decade. And my, the end goal that I hope for pe that people achieve is really to experience more joy in their professional and personal lives with more ease and less angst and guilt while still being ambitious. Oh my God, there's so much there that we can unpack and I'm excited to talk in more depth about that in this episode. And, and I'm curious, tell us like how does your 
concept of sustainable ambition tie back to how you get to get back on track, how you get to reconnect to your center? Mm. Well, one of the things I talk about with sustainable ambition is, let me first just say to get this kind of out of the way is that it's multi, sustainable ambition is multi-layered. There is a kind of longevity aspect to it that I mentioned earlier, which is, well, how do you sustain your ambition from decade to decade? You know, kind of how do you stay engaged in say life and work from decade to decade as we progress? But then there is a short-term component of it as well. So how do we sustain ourselves when we're stretching ourselves? And so I bring that up because on that latter piece, okay, many of us who are high achievers or, you know, lean in, we're stretching ourselves, right? And what's interesting about that is that there's two things around that. One is for some of us, we're not always even aware of exactly, well, what are my ambitions and how much, how do I want to control the amount of energy I'm putting against certain ambitions that I might have? And then the other aspect of it is, okay, we're stretching ourselves. Most of the time we put like all our effort into our plans around how am I going to achieve what I want to achieve? And yet we're not often being proactive about, well, how do I sustain myself as I'm stretching myself and how am I proactively taking care of myself to, um, make sure that I'm operating at my best on a day-to-day basis. <clears throat> so you ask like, well, okay, when I get off center, then how does sustainable ambition relate to that? And I, I give that upfront preamble because part of it is about having a plan, you know, even knowing oneself and being intentional around, okay, do I know how I'm going to sustain myself as I'm stretching myself? And do I have some tools in my toolbox, if you will, so that I can pull out and that I can use to help recenter myself when I'm experiencing these various things that might throw me off kilter. And I will say that like, because I've been thoughtful about having some tools in my toolbox, I'm some, you know, I often can be like, okay, you know, I'm feeling anxious right now. What's something that I need to do to help with that anxiety, or I'm starting to get thrown off. What's something else that can kind of help me rebalance or get recentered in that moment. Um, and I'll just say like, there are some days where it's really hard. Like mm -hmm. my nervous system is out of whack and I'm finding it really hard to get myself recentered. And there's other days where I'm much more successful. I'm able to calm myself down. I'm able to just even use simple breathing techniques. And I will say um, that there are also some routine things that I do on an ongoing basis that I think that, that just give me that, you know, I talk about building resilience and I think that there are certain things that I do on a regular basis that help me have more resilience so that, you know, those, those things, when I get so out of whack, you know, ho hopefully are happening less and less frequently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see a lot of similarity and I think that's why I connect with your work so much and your workbook, which we'll talk about in a moment, why I love your workbook too, because it's like what we help people with at Center in the City too, is not only the, I call them rituals instead of routines, but these, these rituals that we get to build that help us keep our resiliency and capacity full, right? I like to think of them as these intentional practices we have that are like seatbelts. They keep us buckled in for the bumpy ride of life because we never know what's going to happen, even the good things and the not so good things, uh, right? Those highs and lows and twists and turns that we take. And 
and so I, I love your emphasis on how can we have this internal toolkit so that we know, you know, when to pull out things for the sustainability of life in the now and in the long term, because it's so important. And one of the things that you talk about in your work workbook that I want to talk a little bit more about, and it's the theme that I've talked about on Center in the City before, is pace. Mm-hmm. And you emphasize the importance of pace and and the ability for us to also have like activities that sustain us. So tell us a little bit more about why pace is important for the sustainable ambition, you know, model and also the exploration around activities that keep us sustained. Sure. Well, you can think about pace as being important for a few reasons. One is, I think I was just listening to Dr. Rick Hansen, his podcast, which I really like, and he was, he was just sharing again, like, we really can't sustain a sprint forever, right? So, you know, if you are operating at this full throttle pace for, you know, a marathon, that just doesn't work. Um, and so, you know, that there's that aspect of it, which is just that we need to be mindful of if it's going to be sustainable and we're going to care for ourselves and show up as our best, we can't always be at full throttle. But the other reason I talk about pace with sustainable ambition is that I don't think it's, we talk about this enough in our society, which is that our ambition can ebb and flow over time. And that even our interest either uh, in where we need to put our attention in our life at various times, or even it can come down to a project level as well, is that how much energy we have to put against certain activities, um, again, it can go up and down. So it's kind of a matter of checking in with yourself to really understand, like, is this a time that I am wanting to be at a high pace and be leaning in and it's, you know, I can put my attention into my work, whatever your work is in your life, or, you know, do I need to shift my pace because there are other things in my life that are demanding my attention. And I think this is really important because I was just talking to somebody even earlier today where they were sharing how when they start to feel this pull of something else is calling them and they're not on this just upward trajectory, but that they might have to take a lateral move, say, there's a lot of angst and also sense of failure in that, as opposed to accepting the fact that in our lives, this is a very natural thing that we go through, that we have these cycles and that we have these times of high intensity, say, not always so high intensity, but, you know, times when we might be leaning in a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, it's okay when we need to step back some and really kind of dial down and set a more reasonable pace. I think it's just more, it's really helpful for people to just acknowledge what pace do you want to be functioning at, at this Mm -hmm. time and stage of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the ability to discern what pace am I moving at right now, right? I even notice when playing with this while walking, whether that's using walking as like a commuting technique or just taking, you know, a mindful walking break during the day, but it's checking in like what pace am I walking at? And sometimes I realize when I'm walking really fast, I'm not paying attention and my torso is literally leaning forward and my mind is like in planning mode 
And when I'm actually more present and walking, I'm at a still pretty fast pace, but it feels steady. And I feel my head more on top of my spine and my shoulders over my hips. And I feel like I'm just, I'm walking a little bit more present. And so it's interesting to just notice like where's pace showing up in everyday activities, whether that is, you know, you're starting your work day or whether you're rushing to make dinner or, you know, you're rushing to get from place A to B, like what pace are we moving at and circling back to that beautiful analogy around a sprint and a marathon, right? It is not sustainable for us to be running at such high speeds every day in and out. Yeah. And I just want to say, cause you're bringing this up for me, Wade, because this was really been something that has held my attention for a number of months now. I mean, it's been holding my attention for a longer period of time, but really this intentionality around setting my pace. Mm-hmm. And it really struck me at the end of last year because everyone was talking about, oh my gosh, I already see the end of the year. Oh my gosh. And I got really protective of my own energy. And I said, I remember I, we, we yeah, had conversations about that. Yeah. Because yeah, I was just like, oh, I, I do not want to be pulled into this narrative. And I didn't, I could feel my nervous system revving up. And I'm mm-hmm. like, nope, I do not want that. I want to calm down. And what was really important, I link it back to exactly what you were just saying, which is I did not want to rush through the holidays. I really wanted to be present for them. I wanted to enjoy them. I wanted to slow down the pace and just take each day, day by day. And so I, I became very resistant. I remember at the beginning of the year, people also saying like, oh my gosh, we're already feeling like it's half the year is over. I'm like, it's January 6th. Like, what are you talking? Like, and, it, and the week started on January 3rd. Like the work week has only been three days and people are feeling like half the year is over. I'm like, slow it on down, folks. Like, let's just appreciate the present. Which I think circles back to this piece about the power of pausing, right? And you also talk about that in your workbook of having these built-in pauses throughout the day and how people can kind of have, again, the toolkit already in their back pocket to think about, okay, what are the pauses I want to take? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. Well, you know, taking breaks and pauses are really important. And yet in our society, we seem to, you know, think that it's really difficult to do. And we, we almost resist it. And even people taking longer breaks are things that, especially when you go back out into the work world, it can kind of be looked down upon or kind of, well, why did you have this gap, you know, between this time and this time that you have to go and explain. But for me, you know, breaks are just, you need downtime. It goes back to that kind of stretch and sustain time period. Um, and, and just, or that those balancing of those two things. And I think the reason I talk about pauses and breaks too, is that oftentimes people think that they're really difficult to get in. And I guess I want to break that myth. And I think you talk about this Wade, where you have, you know, your mindful moments and these things where it's like, it doesn't actually have to take a lot of time. I really encourage people to think about like, how can you take a break each hour, each day, you know, each week, each month, you know, just break out the timeline because, you know, 
I interviewed somebody recently on my podcast too, who talks about this idea of the power of inaction, actually pausing or daydreaming or things of that nature. And there's plenty of research that supports why this is so important. But I think, I think you and I both advocate that these small pauses actually can, again, help build up that resiliency and can help sustain you throughout a day and throughout a week. So that's why I talk about pausing and taking breaks as being so important. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And I like to tell people to visualize stop signs. Like when you are driving in a small neighborhood that has stop signs like every block or every two blocks, they're purposely designed that way to help keep the speed of cars down, right? They're they're there for safety reasons, for people walking around. And so stop signs just get annoying as they may be for drivers, you know, and knowing that resistance is also really important, your relationship to stop signs, but they help us slow down to just check in to make sure everything is safe and that we're right here in this body, driving this car, doing whatever we're doing. And how can we add more of those stop signs throughout our day that aren't there to hold us back? Because I think there is, as you said, this misconception of slowing down or taking pauses. It's not, it's not beneficial or it's not helping us be productive, but it actually is in the long run, right? It's help keeping us safe. It's conserving gas. It's, you know, helping us go further. Well, I think that's it too, is it's, it's not, it does keep us safe for sure. I think what people don't always realize is that it actually makes you more productive when you are actually working, but it's, it's not just productivity. It actually can help you operate at your best. So for just even for an example, you know, there's research that shows that only 16% of creative ideas happen say at the office, right? Mm -hmm. So this is, you know, when we allow our mind to, you know, get away from problems, there's plenty, it's not, I'm not certainly not the first one saying this, but to get away from a problem, you know, it's, it's on those times when you're taking a shower, you're going outside for a walk where those creative ideas can pop into your head because you're allowing for that space and for those connections in your neur the neurons of your brain are, you know, are, are things are connecting and you're having certain ahas. And so, I actually think what people don't realize is like breaks can actually make you more creative. They can actually add to the joy in your life. They, you know, so you may think they're slowing you down, but they're actually helping you on your journey and pulling you forward. Mm. Kathy, you recently just started a consistent meditation practice, if we can talk about that. Sure. And I'd love to hear you know, a little bit about your journey building that relationship because something you shared the other day was are realizing like you can't live without your practice right now. And that lit me up hearing that. And so I just love to hear a little bit more about like how that process has been for you of establishing a meditation practice. How is your meditation practice supporting these pauses or supporting you with creating more sustainable ambition in your own life? Yeah. I mean, it's something I've thought about doing for a really long time. And I finally just, you know, leveraged a tool to help me kind of listen in and do, you know, did the whole like build up, start at five minutes and I'll admit I'm still only at 10 minutes, but I, for me, that's, that's great. Like 10 <laughs> minutes is a lot. You know, I want you to know that I want all listeners like 10 minutes is a lot to commit to. Mm. And I think it was, to me, what was really surprising is that 
it took only 40 days for me to start to have this experience of really missing it, as you were alluding to, missing when I didn't do my meditation practice. And I will say, you know, my, uh, you know, of course, I'm very still early on in, in my practice, you know, the first three months, say, and yet I, there's just something about how it allows me a moment, again, to pause right? It also gives me a moment to set an intention for the day, which having that intention also is, is just a really helpful centering and grounding point, um, for my day. Um, and I, I don't know, I mean, it's not as if like, I still can't go off the rails in the day. It's not like one 10 minute meditation. (laughs) It's going to keep me centered all day, but there is it's interesting how they, you know, your, your neurobiology changes over the, that period of time. And there is a sense of craving that I have for this just moment of calming myself down, um, each day. Um, it's, it's, I don't know. I, now I'm seeing it. It's kind of becoming a little bit of it. It's just a part of my care practice. It's like brushing your teeth, right. Mm -hmm. Where it's just something that, helps me and kind of settles my nervous system on kind of a consistent basis. Mm, I love that. One of the things that you write about in your sustainable ambition workbook, and I want to make sure that I highlight this because I thought this was so great. You have this section that says, what am I allowing myself to be bad at? And I think that was such a great prompt. So tell us a little bit more about like why you put that question in there in the work. Yeah, this gets back to... I think in our modern world, there are just what I don't think people recognize is how many demands we have on us. And it's, you know, there's research that shows, for example, that in our generation, parenting demands more hours than it used to in the past. Certainly our work has overtaken our lives more than it has in the past, right? And then we layer on these things like social media and Facebook and entertainment, et cetera, et cetera, that really draws our attention. And so I'm just saying there are a lot of demands on us. And I think sometimes also for people that are high achievers is that they think they need to do it all well, right? And the reality is we just can't do it all. And I think- The perfectionist mindset. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. And so we can't do it all. And I think that you know, it does, there does come a time where you have to prioritize and you have to choose and you have to select what are the things that are really important in my life now. And those might shift over time, but you know, what are important now? And I think allowing ourselves, cause I also say like, where can you allow yourself some grace? It's like, where can you just put things down where they, you don't have to do them at like the hundred percent degree or 110%, you know, I kind of even have used in the past an example of dinner where it's like, you know, not all of us are doing like a formal entertaining dinner each night. Sometimes you need just the spaghetti and meatballs or the pizza from the, you know, from the freezer, because yeah, you need to get something on the table, but you need it quick and you need it to do it at 25%. So I just think that it's really important to let ourselves off the hook and to also know like, what are those activities in your life that really demand your attention right now and really demand your focus and where can you kind of 
put those things aside. These could be things that are drainers for you. They just like are not things that you even have any, some people might not like to cook. So like, how do you get that off your plate? Um, but I just think it's really important to allow yourself that freedom and flexibility to not have to think that you have to be good at it all. Oh my God double snacks for that because <laughs> that is a huge mindset I know a lot of my clients have is around being perfectionist and, and they're very driven and ambitious as we've talked about and there's just this extra pressure that they need to be doing everything at 100% 100% of the time which we know is not capable like it's not possible it's not possible and maybe it's possible for, you know, a half an hour, an hour a day, but it really isn't to hold your whole day, your whole week, your whole month, your whole year in that mentality. We're going to break. We're going to burn out. We're going to get sick if, if we hold that. And so I love that prompt because that did just give, you know, the mind uh, the ability to put something down to take something off your plate. And I love what you said, just like, can you take it down to 25%, <laughs> right? Like, can you just, and be okay and accept, accept that. Because I think another piece of this is that it's hard for people to then accept that they're not doing something at 100%. For sure, yeah. And I think it really becomes becoming aware for yourself of what truly does success mean for you in your life? And what's really important for you in your life and what's going to truly make a difference. And some of these things that we think we need to do to the nth degree, you know, when it comes down to it, is that really what's bringing you joy? Is that really what's fulfilling you? Um, you know, for those things where it matters, certainly lean in, give it your all. But just again, time is finite. We do not have time to do everything so to the nth degree. So, and look, you and I are both ambitious people and likely fit a lot into our lives too. It, this isn't easy, you know, but if we don't proactively practice at it and try things and prototype at it and see what works for us, I think both of us advocate way that how you really need to personalize this and find what works for you. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm advocating here too is, is really giving things a try, like A, tuning into yourself and becoming self-aware so you know what works for you. And then you got to practice it and give it a try and see, because a lot of people do need relief. So even though you're saying these people who, you know, they're type A, they want to lean in and yet you know, a lot of people say to me, and it's part of the reason I wrote the workbook and planner is, you know, I, I am ambitious and I love what I'm doing right now, but the way I'm operating isn't sustainable. I know I have to get this under control <laughs> at some point because like, I just can't, they're operating at full throttle and they know they can't do it for the long haul. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, my hope is that people don't wait until they crash and burn or get a health diagnosis to then switch their lifestyle because that has happened to me and too many loved ones in my life that I feel so passionate about helping people before we get to that point. And, you know, it's really hard for people to, because we think we're invincible until life tells us something else. And so, you know, it's like, okay, how can we tap in to gain awareness and set something down? Because as you just beautifully said, life, is precious time is precious and how we get to spend it really matters yeah and one thing that comes up for me as you say that wade is 
this idea that one of the things I advocate a a lot is this idea of paying attention. Mm -hmm. And I think what is often when people are in that fast pace and they're running ahead is that they, they don't see the signals. They Mm -hmm. don't tune into the signals that are starting to say to them, Hey, you might need to slow down a bit. You may need to put something down. And so it does take a bit of discernment and it may even take, I am realizing as I say this, it may even take somebody on the outside who can be a partner for you and kind of say like, Hey, you might not, I am noticing something here. Something seems a little bit off because you're right too often. It does end up being that people are caught unawares and yet there's been signals along the way. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll say it's really hard and it's a continual practice. Like for myself who I say I'm very self-aware and work on this daily and consistently, I notice, especially after coming back from my silent meditation retreat, this impulse to get busier, to do more. And I've really had to be intentional about continuing to pull it back because I notice when I pull it back, I'm actually working at my smarter and my best self than when I put my foot straight on the gas pedal and go, go, go. And that might be like fun and enlivening sometimes in the long term, it's, it's not fulfilling. So, you know, it's a constant discernment that, that needs to be made. I can totally relate to that. And I think, you know, despite both of us kind of living in, you know, talking about these themes, it is a constant practice. I'm right there with everyone else, like balancing my ambition and like figuring out how do I make it sustainable for myself. And I think part of what I'm advocating too, is you just said it, like we almost have to control ourselves, right? We need to be discerning, understand ourselves, see when we're allowing ourselves to kind of get pulled into that energy of go, go, go. But I think what I often see at many times or what I hear from people in terms of it's why I don't like the term work-life balance is the way that people say it is that they, it almost as if it is, it exists external from them. It's almost as if they're expecting the external world to create this work-life balance for them. It's kind of like, I want my work to create work-life balance for me in a way. Mm -hmm. And part of what I'm advocating around the workbook and planner is it's like, yes, you definitely need work structures to help support you. And you need to, you know, ask for that if your work is overly demanding. And we know that work over time has become overly demanding, but it also takes our engagement and our initiative and our own discernment, as you were saying, to manage ourselves and boundaries for sure. Yeah. And so it's not going to magically just happen without you. It just, it just won't in our modern dynamic world and demanding world. And as adults, it's just something that we need to learn how to navigate for ourselves. Mm -hmm. I love it, Kathy. I will link the sustainable ambition workbook and planner in the show notes for listeners want to check it out and incorporate into their life. Kathy, where can people learn more about you and what you're up to and your amazing podcast? Yes. Well, they can find a lot of free content and other things on my website at sustainableambition.com. If you go there, you'll see links for my books, um, sustainableambition.com slash books. You can also find a lot of free resources at sustainableambition.com slash resources. And then yes, they can find the Sustainable Ambition podcast on their favorite podcast player. Amazing. Thank you, Kathy, for being here and sharing your insights. And, you know, I feel 
feel so passionate with you about creating a world where people can be sustainable and ambitious. They don't have to be contradictions that keep people stuck or stagnant in life. So I love what you're doing and wish you the best in all the ways that you're helping people in the world. Uh, Thank you, Waze. Thanks so much for having me on today. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to the Center in the City podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a few moments to rate and review this podcast or share this episode with a loved one. Your feedback and your thoughts mean so much to me. And feel free to join Kathy and I on Instagram or LinkedIn to continue the conversation and what you're learning from how to live a sustainable and ambitious and centered life. Until next time, stay centered.